Hello, welcome to Reference Desk, a performing arts and culture podcast. I'm your host, Garth Grimble, and in each episode, I'll explore a piece of dance culture with references, popular, personal, and otherwise. I'll share a companion video link so y'all have a visual reference of what I'm talking about. Let's get into it. I'm on week three, going into week four of shelter in place here in Oakland. Feelingster crazy. Feeling, I don't know, daffy. I always want to use that word. Not really a lot of time to use it, but I think that is appropriate to how I'm feeling. And, you know, doing the mental gymnastics of putting gratitude over doomsday panic. So for this inaugural episode of Reference Desk, I've chosen a piece of dance culture I think we can all relate to. Our desire to be outside with people. I'll be looking at the seminal 1955 romance drama, Picnic, starring Mr. William Holden and Miss Kim Novak. Based on a play by William Inga and directed by Joshua Logan, Picnic follows the familiar narrative arc of Stranger arrives in small town and shakes things up. William Holden is a stranger, a down-on-his-luck drifter. Kim Novak is the town bombshell. Their 24-hour romance is supported by the amazing Rosalind Russell and other great character actors of the time. What I'll be talking about today is the most famous scene in Picnic, the simple dance between Holden and Novak. The film centers on a town gathering for a Labor Day picnic, And as folks settle and one big event becomes many small encounters, the pair share their first moment of intimacy. Holden is goofing with Novak's little sister when Moonglow by Will Hudson and Irving Mills starts to play. tries to teach her a dance he's, quote, learned in L.A., but little sister isn't getting it. Suddenly, Novak appears, statuesque, wearing a brassiere I imagine has titanium lining, swaying in time to Holden's rhythm. The sexual tension is palpable. Almost tactile, like you could dive into the pheromone vapors from your seat. And the dancing is imperfect. There are pauses, at times they are on different tempos, but they never break eye contact. In this dance, we get to see two people figuring out their groove in real time. While their on-camera chemistry is historic, it's not the focus of this episode. What speaks to me about this dance and the way it's filmed is a quality of remembering, not memory, and not nostalgia for a time or a moment that possibly never really existed, but a remembering that's in your bones, in your body, like the sensation of a reverie rather than a reflection. If we think of famous dances and films at the time, Picnic occupies a unique and transitional place. 
In the beginning of the 1950s, Gene Kelly takes the MGM musical to its grandest realization with An American in Paris and Singing in the Rain. By 1961, Jerome Robbins is operating on the same scale, but instead of dream ballets and party fantasias, the subject is race, class, and violence in West Side Story. I've been told the logic in musicals is when you can't talk about it, you gotta sing about it. And when you can't sing about it, you gotta dance about it. Picnic is not a musical, so this comparison is broad, but the naturalism of this scene manifests in counterculture films and musicals of the 1960s, especially in French New Wave like Bande d'Apart and Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Rather than dances that abstract and heighten the actions of the characters, the characters in these films know they are dancing. The dancing is the action in and of itself. In Picnic, there's a simple duet. No singing. The movement isn't metaphorical. It's a personal connection growing stronger through movement. Logan's directing and James Wong Howe's cinematography heighten the naturalism. When Novak enters, the point of view switches between her and Holden. We, the audience, share their gaze. Her shimmying forward, him, hips rocking side to side, building tension. When they finally touch, our perspective shifts to the little sister, witnessing, looking into the future, hopeful of a romance to come. We share that perspective. We are the little sister, desiring someone to look at us the way they look at each other. The gaze moves to looking down from above, as if our emotional response is lighting the space, our eyes the glowing lanterns. The camera cuts to eye level with the couple. We are dancing with them, still witnessing, but also sharing in the moment. The simplicity of the dancing invites you to see the people before the choreography, to feel the emotion in movement, to remember when someone sparked your senses, your awareness. My introduction to this movie, and specifically the scene, was a, a spark in a, a very different type of relationship. My granddad showed it to me, or pointed it out to me. I lived with my grandparents off and on throughout my youth and young adulthood, and my granddad passed away this past November at the age of 90. He was equal parts generous and taciturn, supportive but not casual with praise. He came to see my every performance, dance, musical, theater, no matter how big or small my part. But uh, he really had much to say afterwards, like most people, uh, maybe a good job or how do I remember all those steps? Because dance wasn't his interest. It never bothered me because most people don't really think about dance as something more that they do or don't do at social functions. The summer before I left for college, I was in our living room on the family computer chatting on AOL Instant Messenger. And my granddad was sitting in his chair, crossword puzzle in hand. The TV was on with its near constant devotion to Turner Classic Movies. My virtual chatting was interrupted by, Garth, look at this, my granddad said, pointing. I looked at the TV. It was two people dancing. This, he said, this is good. Watch this dance. We did. It was Picnic, and that's all he said. In 1955, when Picnic came out, my granddad was 26, 
married with his first child, getting his PhD, not a lot of time for dancing, not that it's something he ever did except at the request of his wife. I'm not sure when he first saw Picnic, but the dance between Holden and Novak was memorable to him, noteworthy. He related to it, saw quality in it. Two people simply together in movement. It's the only time he shared dance with me. He remembered the impact this dance had on him. And when I see this dance, I remember him, the impact he had on me, and this moment of connection between us. Two of us together in stillness. Discovering a dance he held dear allowed me to get to know him better, see him in a new way. Even if he wasn't interested in dance, dance was still part of his life. So if you've run out of things to try, topics of conversation, while we're all in quarantine, I encourage all you ones of listeners out there to think about dances imprinted on your lives. Ask each other about them, try them, maybe share them if possible. What do you remember? That concludes this week's episode of Reference Desk. The theme music is composed by Heather Stockton. You can find more information at Reference Desk Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening. <laughs>